From Jerusalem, Israel, this is From the Midwest to the Middle East, the podcast that explores everything new in U.S. and Israeli economy. Here's your host, Philip Stein. I'm really pleased to be having this podcast today. First of all, this episode is brought to you by Philip Stein and Associates, the largest U.S. CPA firm in Israel. Providing U.S. tax services to Israelis, Americans, corporations, startups, and anyone else needing them. I'm very excited today to have a special guest on a topic that's very dear to me, uh, Charity Tzedakah. My guest today is Maya Natan. Maya worked for the Jewish Agency for Israel for several years. In her last role, she was director of the Israel Experiences Unit in the Education Department, where she was involved with the establishment of Massah and served on the board of directors of Birthright. Maya's community educational experience expands to the UK, where she served as the director of short-term programs for the UJIA in England. There, too, she worked with the various educational setting and with the local Jewish leadership. Maya has an MBA from IDC in Herzliya. Welcome, Maya. Thank you, Philip. Thank you for having me. All right, we're not going to talk about birthright or the Jewish agency or any of that no, stuff. No, we're, we're not. <laughs> we're going to talk about something uh, new. Really, I, I think it's really a breakthrough for for Israeli charities and Israeli giving. And let's let's get right to my question. So, donor advisory events have been around for a long time in the U.S. Can you tell us a little about Cash at Donor Advisory Fund, or what people like to just use the abbreviation DAF, yeah. and how you came to convince the tax authorities to allow such a philanthropic vehicle? Sure, sure. Uh, thank you for having me, Phil. This is a great opportunity. I really appreciate it. Um, so the last end of, of the CV of my bio would say that I am, for the past 11 years, the director of the Jewish Funders Network in Israel, which means that for 11 years I've been um, assisting um, Israeli families and also donors from other communities overseas with their giving in Israel. And as we are working um, under the Jewish Hunters Network, as we were working with the philanthropists, we noticed that there is an anomaly of a gap between when people are making the decision to give and how much money to give and the actual wealth that grows in Israel and expanding in the last couple of years. We wanted to know what could be the reasons for that because we really truly believe that Israeli philosophy is necessary for a healthy civic society and a third sector. So we began by exploring the reasons where this gap can come from. And what we've realized is that there are several um, explanations, but one of the main ones was really that the infrastructure for giving in Israel on a private uh, from a private family or a donor, um, were really limited. Uh, the structures, the legal structures and tax structures were not connected um, in such a way that it was really helping the donors to make their donations. So we went to the tax authorities with the experience of the last 11 years, sort of evidence-based, and we said to them, we want you to help us build a formula that will make it easier for, for funders to give. They sent us back to the drawing board and said, you have to tell us what you think will be um, a reasonable vehicle. Then we really went to the, um, an institute for law and philosophy at Tel Aviv University, 
and the initiative called Committed to Give, where they researched um, a little bit around the world what would be the main or the best vehicle uh, to, to implement in Israel in order for Israelis to give better and to give more. Um, and what will make people's life simpler and easier and make this sort of like a given? So it's a natural thing that you're doing within your growth, within your, the growth of, of your wealth. The most um, relevant vehicle that the Institute for Philanthropy and Committed to Give found was a donor advice fund. They looked at it in the UK, in the, in the US, in Canada, in Australia, in all of these places, this vehicle is the fastest growing vehicle um, for managing philanthropy. So we took their evidence-based research and we brought it to the tax authority and we said, okay, we've done our work. This is what we found. Would you work with us on adopting this to Israel? And they basically said, yeah. Can you d- briefly describe to our listeners how a DAF or Donor Advisory Fund actually works? Sure. So a donor advice fund works in uh, as a very um, easy to use vehicle. The donor, it can be one person, a family, or even a group of people, uh, chooses to donate an asset. We will accept many different assets. We will go over uh, the assets um, in the in the sh- in a short while. Right. Um, the donor will contribute the asset to the donor advice fund. When they do, they receive the full tax um, refund. It's a refund in Israel. That's why I'm using this term, which Mm -hmm. is a different term in in the United States, um, for the entire amount of the donation. At that time, there is an account opened for the donor donor at the donor advice fund. Uh, The donor can then make a decision if they want to manage their money um, in in an investment firm. If they do, they choose a track um, of what's the level of the risk that they would like to choose for their uh, philanthropic dollars. You can only do maximum 20% shares in Israel, which is the highest uh, level of risk that the government allows us to, to manage the money at. So you can choose to manage your money at a 20% risk or a 10% risk, which is 10% shares and 90% uh, bonds, or just a full bond account. Uh, the other choice is that you can simply manage your money in cash, and there and the money doesn't go for um, doesn't actually transfers into uh, a, a managed account. The time that the money is with the donor advice fund, you can then take your time and make your decisions about which NGOs you would like to contribute to. Then you make a recommendation to the donor advice fund, just like it is in the United States. Uh, the donor advice fund then receives your recommendations, get in touch with the NGO, receives all of their paperwork, all of the things that we do as due diligence in, in our work, in our professional um, uh, way that we examine the NGOs. And then when everything is okay, we transfer the money to the NGOs, which means that, first of all, there's a gap of time between the time that you donate the money to the DAF, because sometimes it's just uh, a better timing for you to donate all the money in one year, but you don't have to give out all the money in one year. You can take your time and think about it. The other advantage is that you don't have to deal with the paperwork. Um, So we do, we act as 
your staff, your foundation staff, if you will, and we do all of the different uh, checkings and paperwork and things that you have to get from the NGOs um, in the process of the donation. Yeah, the, and, and that's, you know, for, for clients, that people I work with, that's usually one of the more uh, frustrating parts of their giving is tracking down receipts and making sure they exactly. get originals and uh, I, I know it's there's some organizations have or at least Masach Nassad, the ITA is is accepting digital now um, you know mm-hmm. receipts but it's it's still uh, usually for busy people it's not something they really uh, are happy about in my practice very often uh, and I'm sure you you come across it and and that's why I really wanted to have this conversation we have people in high tech uh, they have a large exit, and it's a small country. Everyone knows about it, particularly non-for-profit organizations. Um, right. And yet these people, for the most part, don't have experience in giving charity or giving tzedakah. Right. And mm-hmm. they're, in, they're a bit of a deer in a headlights. In other words, I, I can give them the benefit of how much tax they can save by giving charity, uh, but they really don't know who to give to. And then there's this element of people are knocking on their doors literally and, and asking for money. So what you're saying to me is that people could take this part of their exit, right? Yes. Open a donor advisory fund with Keshet. What what kind of time frame do they need toward before the end of the year? Because we are now uh, in the last two months of the year. Um, to get this up and running. Is there is there a lot? I understand there's not much paperwork of the getting the the receipt, but how about just setting this whole thing up? It's really um, a very simple process. We have just a few pages of a contract that you basically fill out and then you sign it and you send it to us via, it's everything is electronic. So you send it back to us. We give you the bank account, you transfer the money. That's it. We give you a receipt, you have an account. In the contract, you will then determine all of the different things that I alluded to before um, in terms of what are your choices. Who do you want uh, the foundation? Who do you want to follow you in the foundation's recommendations after um, uh, you and your, or your, your family or your spouse um, are no longer with us? Uh, who do you think, who do you want, what kind of charities, what kind of help, uh, how do you wish uh, for us, what level of risk do you want to manage your money, all of it is in the few, a few uh, pages of a contract that you signed with us. Um, by the way, some of this information is also on our website. I will uh, relate, I will give you the, the address uh, at the end of our conversation. But I think the most important thing is to know and understand that you have time. You have time to make decisions, especially towards the end of the year, especially when you have a very significant liquidity event in your life, whether it's an exit, IPO, if you inherit a very large sum of money. And this is the right timing for you to make that decision. It's the the best year for you to decide that you want to put something aside for charitable causes. You don't have to decide what, which of the fields of giving, what is what are the sets of values that you want to follow, what is your legacy, what do you want to leave behind? All of those decisions can happen later. You not only so that opportunity to put the money aside, you're not only um, making the decision later, but you also 
um, maybe winning the, the, the best prize of all, which is to allow yourself to really get in touch with the things that are important to you, uh, to get our advice in helping you sort of navigate this decision-making process in order to do something that is not just to give away money. It really, can really change uh, the way that you um, feel about your life, your family, uh, your community. It really is an opportunity to do something wonderful in the world. That timing issue and the fact that you can make this the right process for you, I think it's, it's really a winning combina- combination. I want to say something else. I do feel that sometimes people feel there's a lot of stress and they don't want to be out there um, exposed to, to people asking them for things and so on. One of the advantages of a donor advice fund is that you can also remain anonymous for a portion of, of your giving. If you feel that in the beginning this is a little bit too much, then the DAF allows you to remain anonymous, or when you feel more comfortable, you can then you know, choose to have um, any kind of recognition, including having your name on a, on a wall as a naming opportunity or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it's really, you can grow personally and as a family, or as a group of people, like a giving circle, you can grow your philanthropy together with your DAF account, and you're not obligated to rush into it or spend all the money at once. Got it. So being, again, with my, wearing my tax hat for a moment, one mm-hmm. of the most popular ways of giving charity, and, it, and you alluded to before in terms of what type of asset can you give, is that people like to give assets that have appreciated in value. Now, mm-hmm. up until now, the sort of word on the street was you can't do that in Israel, okay? Right. Uh, can a person give probably the easiest thing, uh, a stock investment uh, that they inherited or a, a company they've founded and has gone up a lot and they'd like to give that and turn it over to their their DAF with Keshet. Is, is that possible? Absolutely. I, I do want to say one thing. I think that the role of accountants and financial advisors uh, is key. We are not financial advisors and we are not accountants. So a person, any, any family or individual who wants to donate any asset to the donor advice fund to cash it, they need the advice of an accountant, a lawyer, or a, a financial manager, all three sometimes. Because every individual in a family have a different situation. They need to understand their, the whole scope of their assets, whether it's here in the United States, both, or anywhere else in the world. Um, and they really have to make that decision according to um, a, a really in-depth understanding of their, of their assets in total. Now, oh, yes, you can donate stocks in Israel to Keshet. Um, and we're, we're actually doing it, you know, in the last couple of days, we've been dealing with it um, for real, in real time. Um, there is a process that involved in terms of what are some, some of the things that we need. But yes, tax, you, can, you can donate shares, you can donate um, real estate, you can donate art. Um, we will save, Keshet will have to evaluate whether or not we can sell them and, and you know, um, liquidize the assets and make sure that we can have a cash account for you based on these assets. But we will give um, the receipt 
according to the value of the stocks or the real estate um, asset when you donate it to cash it. Got it. So you mentioned before one of the reasons a person may have liquidity is because of an inheritance and and certainly uh, in our practice we do see that uh, but but very often those inherited monies are still in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do they have to bring the money to Israel, convert the money mm-hmm. to shekels in order to contribute to a DAF, your DAF? So at the moment, uh, we receive the money in dollars and there are a couple of ways that people transfer money to Keshet. It could be through PEF. We have uh, an equivalency determination letter in the U.S. that if you have a foundation or if you have another DAF, you can use that letter in order to transfer money directly to mm-hmm. Keshet. Um, I will say that some of the some there are a few American foundations who have decided to also use Keshet as their back office. So they 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 are not a typical account holder, but we help them process their grant making. So that's another um, vehicle. Uh, for overseas foundations and families for their, to make their giving in Israel easier. But if you're in Israel and you want to move your assets to Israel, then you can choose any one of these number of vehicles that give to NGOs in Israel. May I remind you, we have a 46. We are an NGO. We are a company for the, for the uh, benefit of the public. So we are eligible to receive funds from uh, just like any other NGO. So you can move, you can transfer the money in dollars, and you can keep your account in dollars, and you can donate the money in dollars. You don't have to convert it to shekels okay. unless you want to. Got you. Okay, so now we're we've moved on. The money is in the DAF. Uh, you you mentioned before you can have 10, 20 percent of the money invested in stocks, the rest yep. in bonds. Uh, but that means hopefully that the money that's sitting in a person's DAF is making money, okay? Are, are those profits taxable? So the proceeds are without any taxes because, in fact, the Keshet is an NGO. It's a, a company that doesn't have any profits. If we will have profits, we will donate them to the community. So therefore, all of our proceeds are tax-free. And all of the, every, anyone who manages their account with Keshet, all of their profits will be tax-free and will be returned to their account. So that means that your Keshet account, your, uh, your fund can grow, can be evergreen because the minimum amount that we require in paying out is only 5%. So in good years, and may all of us have really good years of in, in right. investments, so we can have situations when we have over 5% of proceeds that are just being accumulated in your account and are just going to go for further philanthropy on your behalf. All right. As we get to the end of our podcast, you mentioned before a person's legacy. I think one of the things that seems to be attractive to people who now have, let's say, an account with Keshet, uh, the monies are going to be there for a few years. How, how can donors' families, in other words, let's say the next generation, uh, use the Keshet DAF and be involved with, with charitable decisions? So I think um, Keshet presents a wonderful opportunity for second and third generations. There are so many 
processes that can happen. We, in fact, have two families that have made that decision in the past month to involve their children um, in a process that is separate from the main board, from the main family board, mostly because they had maybe they had a, a combination of um, a few generations that wanted to get together but could not take a significant role in the family foundation right now because there are too many people already involved or they're too young. They want to start when they're at their teens or their 20s. They want to create almost like a giving circle of the third and fourth generations to allow them to experience philanthropy um, and grow and understand it, first of all, as a group, based on their family values, and also practice the knowledge um, and maybe sophistication of philanthropy before they become full board members. So that is something that we offer, and I think it's a fantastic opportunity. Aside from that, sometimes children have spouses and they have children of their own, and you want to allow your children to really enjoy their philanthropic path and journey um, without the obligation to find their values uh, exactly where your values are at. So that opportunity to open a DAF account and allow your children to really experience their own philanthropic journey with their family is also a wonderful opportunity that the Keshet offers that was not there before. So I see it as a fantastic way to educate your family, your kids, about you know the real value of money, the real assets that you have when you can give back. That opportunity would be lost if a person just gave that, let's say, large sum of money that I was referring to before in one shot to a charity, you know, exactly. that was a nice thing, but there's no legacy necessary in terms of the next generation. So this, I think your Kesha Daff is, is just wonderful. My final question, you mentioned before, obviously, you can give to Israeli charities. Can, can you also give to U.S. charities? So there's, there is word in the law that says that um, Israelis can give to organizations that have some sort of a relationship with Israel. So Jewish communities around the world, it is something that we have not done yet, but I'm sure that if, if it will be necessary, we will definitely look into it. We have maybe as a rule of thumb, we will give donations to organizations that have the 46 status, which is the equivalence of a 501c3. Mm -hmm. However, we do understand that sometimes organizations are in the early stages of their life and donors want to help them start. So there is another element that says that 15% of your account can go to organizations in the first three years of their life before they get the 46. Ah, very good. Um, mm -hmm. but yes, but to allow the, the donors to be a little bit more flexible when they start um, initiative. But definitely this is sort of our scope. In our handbook, You will every, every donor will also get the handbook and understand what are some of the limitations. Like, um, of course, there's a whole list about, you know, politics and uh, low-abiding um, um, organizations. So everything is listed very in a very organized manner in our handbook. And of course, anyone who will contact us, we will be able to provide it. Okay. So again, for my listeners, particularly those who realize it's getting near the end of the year and their, their accountants and financial advisors are going to be talking to them about uh, their charitable donations, how, how do they find out more about Keshet Daf? So there is a contact us button on, the, on our website, 
www.keshet-il.org. So you can find us there, or you can just write in Google, Keren Shituf Tormim. So it will lead you directly to us. Contact us through the website. You know, we will immediately respond. Um, and we will be happy to give you any kind of information that you need. All right, well. And, and Philip, you have all of our information as well. <laughs> that is true. That's true. I do. <laughs> so you can, I do. you can contact I Philip do. Yes, as well. Yes, I'm willing to uh, help help you out, certainly, in this regard. So thank you very much. We wish you a great success. We, you know, I personally think it's a real breakthrough uh, for charitable giving in Israel. And, uh, you know, based on how donor advisory funds have done in the U.S., uh, I, I think you're you're in for a very interesting uh, adventure and, and a very I wish you a very successful path um, in this venture. Thank you for for being on. Thank you very much, Philip. Thank our you. Pleasure. Tadaraba. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Feel free to visit us at www.pstein.com or look for Philip Stein and Associates on Facebook and LinkedIn. 